0: Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast brought to you by Acrolec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So on today's episode, we're really digging deep into the customer journey. And we're analyzing how data touchpoints can influence every step of that customer journey. And like so many other industries affected by the growth of the experience economy, restaurants and QSRs are feeling the pressure to make that customer journey as frictionless as possible. So how are we seeing this achieved in creative ways with the use of AI and digital touchscreen technology? To give his insights and point to some of Acrolec's work for context is Colm Bire He is the head of products at Acrolec. Colm, great to have you on. How are you doing today? Great. Great to be on the show, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I just want to apologize to the listeners in case I sound a little stuffy. I've been battling some allergies, so, you know, if if it's a little naslier than usual, that's why. Just have to throw that one out there. But, Colm, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know you last spoke with Sean Heath on this podcast, um, so I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to chat with you about the influence of AI in the customer journey and how you're really seeing the restaurant industry uh, standardize this approach of a frictionless journey. So what are those main aspects of the restaurant process right now that uh, you think are still causing the most friction in the customer journey?
1: Yes. So in the past uh, decade, a huge leap forward has been made uh, to remove most of the friction in the customer journey. The ordering process is really smooth via self-ordering, course, mobile ordering, mm-hmm. Um, table service allows to be served at the table and not wait uh, standing at the counter, so it makes the customer journey very smooth. Or, however, the biggest friction is now on the production side, I would say, and the speed of service. Restaurants have become have become so complex that they have lost their some of their past efficiency, and the the other reason is also because there are higher customer expectations today. Before Amazon was uh, uh, existing. Nobody was waiting to have a one-day delivery uh, from web ordering. And right now, this has become the standard. And so the same thing happened in the QSR industry. Before, people were, were expecting to be served fast, but food was already prepared before they arrived in the restaurant. And now, they, they expect to have the food prepared as soon as they order and, and still be delivered fast. So this is where AI can really improve AI can improve by driving the customers uh, d- during the ordering process to personalize the expression and push in the right product at the right moment, and also improve on the kitchen side to have a better um, uh, production capabilities and serve the customer faster.
0: I think to really get context on the customer journey... We, we need to detail what it really feels like today with this technology at work. Um, I think that really maps out the vision. It gives that necessary context. So could you put your storytelling hat on for me and walk me through all the different touch points that are benefiting from this personalization technology and you know what the customer journey feels like when you're feeling this personalized AI tech powering the whole journey? Yes, so there are
1: many touch points that are benefiting from this, this technology for restaurants. Uh, just to name a few, you have digital menu boards in the drive through lane. Inside the restaurants, you have self ordering kiosks. Uh, at home, you have mobile orderings uh, for pickup or for home de- delivery. So, all those digital uh, ordering touch points are, are benefiting from this technology. But uh, they're providing a personalized experience for the customers, but they are not trying to achieve the same result. Uh, for the retailer, for the restaurant. Uh, let me give you a few examples. Uh, digital menu board in the drive-thru lane. So the drive-thru lane is a is a customer journey where people want to have their uh, food really fast. They are in a hurry. It's a bottleneck. So those personalization algorithms are trying to speed up the service and provide and bump up the average check uh, for the drive-thru. In the self-ordering kiosk, so inside the, the lobby, inside the restaurant, we don't have that same um, uh, the speed of service or the speed of ordering doesn't have that same weight. So the retailer are trying to achieve a, a bigger or higher average check by offering, proposing to the customers uh, more personalization, more recommendations. So one example would be the customer land on the homepage of the kiosk and can see His previous uh, orders, uh, the 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 items that have been recommended for him at that time, at that particular time in the day, that are personalized to him, so he can choose the right item for him uh, faster, but also like uh, be convinced to buy a bit more.
0: I think what's really important with technology like this, especially for the rollout, is that there is sufficient A/B testing to make sure that the final ecosystem really truly is the most efficient and the smartest version um, that it could be. And I know that Acrolec did a lot of A-B testing to land on this version of uh, their bridge. What kind of A-B testing have you done to find that perfect smart solution? And what do you think the research reflected about how people use this technology and the kind of impact it can have?
1: Sure. So we have there are two kinds of A-B testing in our industry. Um, there is uh, doing A-B testing on the graphical interface, so uh, putting two different graphical interfaces in front of customers and seeing right. which one is, is performing the better, the best and uh, and which one is the more convenient to order. So that's first type of A-B testing, which is, let's say, something that can, can be quite easily achieved. The second one is to test uh, the performance of your personalization algorithm and this uh, A-B testing uh, can only be done by uh, test and learn uh, a process, let's say, where uh, you're starting with assumptions saying, okay, I know when, uh, uh, when people are, are waiting in the drive through lane, I'm going to push them some items that are faster to cook, and I will track the result of that strategy. And, and that strategy then will be like optimized after each test because you will you will see the result and understand what's working and what's not. So that's what we have done. In the drive through lane, for example, we have uh, implemented those strategies, and in the in the lobby as well. Those strategies are very different in the drive through lane than the lobby because those are very uh, specific environments.
0: I think what's also really interesting about crafting personalized technology, right? Uh, solutions that are meant to be as flexible as possible is that it really is dependent on what people want, how they use it um and you know really reading into the customer journey and trying to reflect what they're wanting. In that AB testing, was there any aspect of customer feedback or just a general understanding of what the customer is wanting in their restaurant or QSR experience that guided uh the at least final version of bridge um or at least the you know the final one when you completed that round of ab testing
1: yes so uh what we did for ab testing was mostly to uh, track the result of our test uh, on uh the impact on the speed of time speed uh, speed of service or the speed of ordering and uh, the average check that was the ab testing but we also conduct user research uh to understand uh, uh how customer felt about the interface uh Uh, They were uh, using how they felt about the personalization of it and uh, through the bridge. And so this was a separate research, but that already also had a huge impact on the way we developed uh, our personalization solution uh, uh, in the bridge. So, yes, we did.
0: And I know you all now have a a new version of the bridge uh, that either is already out or is in production, um, that will provide content in real time to personalize the customer journey and speed up service. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this next iteration of bridge. What are some of the um, aspects that you're adding in um, and how is it reflective of maybe how the customer journey is still currently evolving?
1: Yes, so the main uh, aspect we're adding is that personalization piece. We could personalize already the experience like before, but not in real time. Uh, that's something we are adding uh, with uh, this new version of the bridge. That the journey the customer is living with evolves in real time when he's leaving it. So, for example, on our kiosk, we could we will personalize uh, the suggested sales after at the end of the order, knowing what's already in the basket. And that's something we couldn't uh, uh, we couldn't do before and wasn't available. So that's the main uh, the main piece we're adding with that new. Uh, that new version of the bridge, which is already uh, available uh, for our customers and we will be able also to uh, uh, to uh, update all our current installation uh, throughout the world to benefit from those new technologies. All
0: right, last few things that I want to bring up, uh, land more on the UI and UX side of the conversation, uh, which I think actually plays right into what we were just talking about, which is how customers are going to guide their own journey, right? And so we need to craft the solutions to be as friendly to the customer and as convenient um, and as frictionless as possible. And the UI and the UX of that technology play a crucial role since the interaction by the end user is what sells this technology. It's the underlying appeal. So... How have you approached crafting the UI and the UX of Acrolex digital signage solutions and digital kiosk solutions to be the most responsive, personalized, and easy-to-use solutions that they can be?
1: Uh, so we approach it in a two different ways. One is really a technological uh, a way to approach things, to have something that's really responsive, fast to use, and so on. So that's what the new version of the bridge actually also brings. Uh, our interface are m- more than twice the... Uh, twice the speed that uh, with this new version than, than before. So we made a huge leap forward uh, to have a speed of interface that's like really, uh, I think, the best you can get in the industry right now. That's the, the first aspect. So the technology, uh, uh, relevancy, and uh, reliability of the systems. And the second one is uh, UI and UX of our solutions uh, are obviously inspired uh, by what is being done on the mobile or desktop uh, uh, design, but our solutions are really different. Th- those touchscreens, uh, uh, for example, for the self-checking kiosk, are huge touchscreens compared to a mobile uh, uh, a mobile smartphone, uh, and uh, the UI and the UX have to reflect that. Uh, we the behavior of the customers in front of those screens is obviously not the same. So all, we have we have done a lot of research. We're working with a. Uh, uh, a company which is specialized in um, Kiosk, uh, UI, UX, uh, which is called Udvise, which gives us a lot of insight and we are building a whole knowledge database on how those uh, solutions should be designed uh, for the customers to be as easy to use as possible. One of the examples um, we, we can provide, and uh, and that's like not a secret, uh, but to, to showcase the difference between the UI on a kiosk and the UI on a mobile ordering. On a kiosk, uh, on a mobile on, on a mobile smartphone, sorry, uh, most of the interaction is, is done through scrolling through, through an app. But on a self-ordering mm-hmm. kiosk, scrolling might not be the same experience because uh, the, the, the mechanics of the arms are not the same. It's a, it's a huge screen. So people are, will not only use their thumb, but will use their whole arm to scroll. And that experience is not the most convenient ever. So all those small uh, aspects have to be taken into account to provide the best UI possible. And that's really what we are working on a lot and I think bringing a lot of, uh, of value to the industry.
0: An important part of the UI and the UX is also the aesthetic and the general look of that solution. How is Acrolec blending both the aesthetic need and the feel of the solution to flow cohesively and to deliver something that looks as good as it feels? So for the esthetic, we have a different approach. Uh, one of the
1: approach is obviously to work with the best designers to make sure that uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, for the end user. We are doing a lot of user testing, a lot, a lot of connecting, a lot of user researches on how they feel when using the interface and trying to optimize that part. So that's I would say the qualitative studies we we are we are doing, and we are also doing a lot of quantitative quantitative studies. So performing a lot of A/B tests to make sure that the hypotheses we had at the beginning of the project are actually real and, uh, and, uh, and relevant, and that uh, we are providing the best user experience and at the, same, at the same time, the most optimized interface for our customers, which is the restaurant, who is the restaurant. Uh, and then the, we are trying to keep a really consistent and cohesive uh, aesthetics across all our solutions. And this is where the bridge, the central brain of the restaurant comes into place, because the bridge is providing uh, to all uh, front-end devices the same type of information, the same pictures, the same prices. Uh, and so we, it allow, allows us to have a really consistent consistent experience on many, many different channels, including self-reviewing kiosk, drive-through uh, digital uh, menu board, mobile uh, application. We are also like uh, creating those, and so this is how Acrylic approach this topic of having the best aesthetics. is both qualitative, uh, a qualitative approach with user tests and research, and a quantitative approach, like testing everything we're we're doing, and have a very data-driven approach to make sure that we're providing the best. And solution.
0: And then finally, how are you using AI to put those final touches on efficiency and personalization for these platforms?
1: AI, um, AI is really the last layer, as you're saying, which is which comes to pers- to personalize the experience for that specific location within the stores, uh, which is the store. Because our algorithm of personalization is based on many, many different uh, data points and all the data we are trying to achieve are the local data. So we are using uh, the current traffic within that store, um, the direct surrounding of that store and so on. And so that last touch of AI is ensuring to the restaurant that the solution is, is actually like purchasing. Is designed and the best for each specific location so each one of our solution is not exactly looking the same uh, with AI will not look the same in one stores to the others because each one is personalized store by stores to bring this additional uh, added value at the end
0: at the end of the day what makes me excited about this technology is again the impact that it could have on letting the customer define their own journey. I think that's really at the core of all of this experience technology and what's driving the experience economy. It's crafting solutions that are very focused in their rollout, but to the customer feel like they're 100% in control of every aspect, right? It's giving them something that you crafted with precision and yet they feel like they're the ones that are getting to control the outcome. That's the magic of the experience economy and of technology like this. So it's going to be exciting to see how this continues to develop and what partnerships you continue to have. And as that happens, we'll have to bring you back on for a third, fourth, fifth. Uh, you know, the the podcasts never stop here at Acrolex. So, Comb, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure getting to chat, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks,
1: Daniel. See you soon.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Beyond Technology the experience podcast brought to you by Acrolec. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to www.acrolec.com. You can also find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.